Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Tough Like Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? <laughs> You're sticking with that, then, are you? <laughs> yeah. You can't just give up on these things. You got to leave it. Give them some time to bed in. Yeah. I mean, it seemed to it seemed to go down fairly well on on social yeah. media amongst that, the that's, cunters. That's so not any gauge of quality or, or, or righteousness or anything like that. <laughs> just because people on social media like something doesn't make it right. But um, it does. It does take time to Listen, get under mate, people's skin. I suppose if that's the right phrase for it. Do, do you think? Do you think that John Fashionu? <laughs> Gave up the first time he said a wooga, right? <laughs> and he didn't John, necessarily was, get everyone was, straight away shouting that, it in the street, printing it on their t shirts. Like no, people often say that, but it was fashion who said oh, it on Gladiators, didn't they? All right. I never watched Gladiators, you know. Oh, wooga. Yeah, I mean, you didn't miss much. People talk about Jet and Ulrika because mm. they were both sexy, but. The really the big appeal was Wolf because he was so absurd. <laughs> I mean, you know, a ball, a balding, like late, not just middle aged, late middle aged man, um, who appeared, and I only say that appeared, not saying he was, uh, as if he'd just overdone the steroids, yeah, and it had impacted upon his his hairline, and calling himself Wolf, running around being scary, yeah. On a, on a program for families, it was that bit was worth it. But you only needed one episode to really absorb Wolf's oeuvre. <laughs> yeah, you say that Jet and Ulrika were the, the main draws for uh, for the for the young man. But, for a lot of people, but, I mean, yeah, that's mm. kind of like fourteen year old boy kind of stuff, isn't it? Trig- triggers for fourteen year old boys. It's not. Yeah, they were they were they were major fourteen year old boy triggers, but but now looking back as an adult, you've where as we've established before, you and I cannot be They're triggered by anything. Trigger proof. So we're 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 way past being triggered. But yeah, exactly, trigger proof. I might get that on a t shirt. Just yeah. to warn the ladies or whoever, off, I'm, trigger, I'm proof. trigger proof. Can't be done. I cannot be triggered. Nothing arouses me anymore. I'm dead I might from the it. waist uh, down. Like, we should do top flight <laughs> time machine trigger proof cards you can keep in your wallet alongside your donor card in case you fall unconscious <laughs> on the on the pavement and a woman yeah. is worried about giving you the kiss of life and doesn't want to trigger you. Then you can, she can have a look in your wallet yeah, first and, and it say, ah, it's all right, he's trigger-proof. We don't want to trigger the, I don't want to trigger this yeah. old man. No, it's okay, he carries a trigger-proof <laughs> card. <laughs> Feel free to go ahead and save his life, he cannot be triggered. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so nowadays, for the likes of us, the only draw of watching Gladiators back on YouTube is Fash yeah. shouting a wooga and Wolf pretend, pretending that he's scaring everyone. <laughs> ah, oh, no, it's Wolf. <laughs> 
Rah, rah. Ah, I don't wolf. think um, I don't think Gladiators was ever for men in their early forties though. Back then, so I, I can't imagine I'm going to start watching it now and get into the back catalogue or buy nah. the DVDs or anything like that. Nah, it's probably not worth it. Get the an- just get the annual, mate. You'll pick yeah. up an annual in a second-hand shop, and uh, just you know it'll probably tell you all you need yeah. to know. Gladiators annual, nineteen ninety-one, yeah, something like that. Not. I mean, I've. Speaking of buying books, I'm still in London. I was a bit at Wembley yesterday. I might talk about that later on. I might not. Yeah, sorry I'm about st- that, I'm still mate. traumatised, yeah. but I might talk about it later on. But I went for a, a wander along the South Bank with me, me son this afternoon, and I picked up a book which was about the first mm. 30 years of Granada television. And that's not... It, yeah, wow, exactly. It's book. not the sort of thing I, I would imagine yeah. picked up in the middle of the street uh, in Sunderland. No. It would have been... How much of it have well, you devoured so far? I want to just look so some of the names of the contributors. It's fantastic. It, it's it's just out, of, out really? of reach. I can just reach over and get it. Hang on. Okay. Oh, Granada Television, the first generation, includes contributions from the likes of John Burt. I think we've mentioned him on the podcast before, haven't we? Yes. Um, the phone's gone down. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got? Victoria Wood, Chris Kelly, Gus MacDonald, uh, Barry Tuck, uh, Jack Rosenthal, <laughs> Alan Plater, Michael Parkinson. Yeah. What a lineup. Bloody hell, these are some massive TV giants, yeah. and t- titans of, telev- of the television business. But it was published by Manchester <laughs> University Press. What a book that's going to be. <sighs> but yeah, in. Um, I, I, I told you about what my one experience at Granada was when I made a pilot with Jerry Jesus, Springer. Jesus, no. I think tell you, you should. About that. I'm just going to sit back I'm... and put my hands behind my head while you tell us all about that, Sam. I got a call saying, do you want to do a pilot? Jerry Springer's doing a new show. We're doing a pilot. You, you, you can be on it, and we want you to be his... The idea is... Oh, hang on. The ice no, is here. Can you hear Brilliant. that in the background? <laughs> the icy's here. Well, let's see if there's it right. Stay tuned in case there's any aggro outside. I'll give you live updates. I tell you what, as well, that, that's that's well, triggered me. Hope. We got an email the other day, which is fantastic. I was going to save it for the delve, and it's about ice cream turf wars. But I think well, I'll read it out later on. Ah, oh, they're really, yeah. really bloody yeah. and nasty ice cream is. turf wars. Anyway, they it was just before Christmas. They said come up to Granada. The idea is Jerry Springer every week. It's a live studio audience. He has a panel of guests, but he also has at a separate desk his regular sidekick, who is a Brit who makes sense of the news <laughs> this is gonna be for you. Jerry, right? Sensible yes, this Brit. Is gonna be me. Jerry, so the, the idea is Jerry doesn't understand British <laughs> culture, and so you've got, to un, you've got to explain it to him. So, for example, the example they gave me is there's a story about posh spice, and Jerry's going to say to you, why do they call her posh spice? What does that mean? And I go, well, this is what well, posh she's, means. She's bit fucking Jerry up herself, Jerry, you blah, see? Blah, blah, blah. She's what up her own arse, so, you know. you know, like she's got a stick up her ass. <laughs> so I was obviously like, yeah, this sounds a brilliant job opportunity for me. And uh, they flew me up there, which I thought was flew quite you to fancy. Manchester. I went to... Gr- they flew me to Manchester, yeah. Christ. I got... I, I got to I got to Granada Studios. I had my own dressing Ooh. room there, which was extremely well appointed. Right, it had 
all fresh fruit and Posh whatnot some. in there. And it was the one of the poshest experience I've ever had because I've never really worked much for ITV, but when you do work for them, fucking hell, they roll out the red carpet much yeah. more than the BBC or anywhere else, right? They take it super seriously. They're like, this is fucking show business. <laughs> proper. Right? This is nothing other than show business. This is proper. So on the panel was that woman who... She used to be in Corrie, and then she became a loose woman. Ooh, Can't remember her name. Don't know. Anyway, a couple of others. Jerry Springer turned up. We had a read-through. Jerry Springer was running late. He was coming directly from yeah. an airport, right? And I thought, fuck me, this is a big deal. They had a live studio audience in. Can, it wasn't, can, can it wasn't just, for transmission. Was it, was, uh, right, was it Angela Griffin from Corrie? Oh. No, although I've got loads... <laughs> I've got loads of Angela Griffin stories. Separate podcast, spin-off podcast. Uh, I've got a separate I've got a separate podcast about Angela Griffin because <laughs> on a separate show, she had a show on Sky One called Angela and Friends. Guess yeah. who was one of the friends? Well, this guy. Be... Right. That's <laughs> the Brit making sense of the yeah. news. <laughs> yeah. On that, I didn't I was the bloke because it was all it was supposed to be a Sky One's Sky One's answer to Loose Women. Blog. Right. So it was her and her it, it was her and her mates and I had to pretend that we were old mates, but we weren't really. <laughs> but she was really nice. Um but there was some brilliant people I was on that with, like Joe Wood, Sarah mm. Cox, Brick Smith oh, yeah. Smart, who told me some amazing stories. Do you know Brick Smith Smart says so she went, Hey, you know who my best friend, Susanna? Susanna <gasps> Huff, do you know her? And I went, yes, I fucking know her. She's your best mate. Yeah, she's my best buddy. She's been my best buddy for 30 years. So I pl- I just like said, right, all I did was ask her questions about Susanna Hoff's relationship yeah. with Prince. That was all I wanted to know about, which is not what the powers that be at Sky <laughs> One had in mind, I don't think. But it was all what I was did you interested get? What in information did you get? Anyway, on, on the Jerry... what information did you get about Susanna Hoffs and Prince? I said, is it true that Prince wrote Manic Monday in order to get Susanna Hoffs in the sack? And she went, oh, my God, that wasn't all he did, right? He was, he would not leave her alone. Quite right. She would, he would turn up every night. I would have to say, Prince, give it up. <laughs> She's not interested. <laughs> Prince, chill the he fuck had out, man. A, a lot of this. <laughs> you little freak. Yeah, like, he was pretty perverted. <laughs> he was pretty perverted. And I'm like, well, Prince. you know. Yeah, I mean, that's it. When you get involved with Prince, that's what you've got to expect, you know. Best level. <laughs> He's easily triggered, not like me. <laughs> right. Prince is, is probably. Prince is probably the most easily triggered man ever, wasn't he? Definitely. Anyway. On a- she he, she <laughs> did come. Go on. She did. She did confirm that he turned up with the with Manic Mon- Like he got the knock back five or six times. Kept turning up at Bangles gigs to watch yeah. her. Kept propositioning her in a in a number of lewd ways. And then it, when he got knocked back five or six times, he turned up and just had written on on the paper the music <laughs> and lyrics to Manic Monday and just he handed it to her on a, on a uh, folded up piece of paper. He goes, I did this song. It'll be song. number one in the hit parade. <laughs> and it was. And yeah. then she just recorded it. Now, whether on, yeah, this will be a monster hit. <laughs> uh, back to Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer turned up really late. And I was like, God, this is so, like, 
flash like because this is a huge pilot and there's loads of resource been put into it and we're all sitting having a read through of the script and whatnot and the host is still not here that's amazing and he he rocked up five minutes into the read through i.e like only an hour or four before we recorded the show and he was like hi everyone hi how's it going apologies for lateness i'm here now and they said okay do you want this do you want to read the script do you want to prepare Ah no no I'll I'll have a quick look at it before I go on. They said, "Well, the auto cue will be there, but it won't be on every camera." Hey, I don't need that. I've never used it in my life. But you will have an earpiece. I do not want an earpiece. I don't want an earpiece. So I'm sat there thinking, "Fucking hell, he's not got. He's only. He's not really seen the script. He doesn't really use auto cue, and he doesn't need an earpiece. This is what it's like working with a true professional. It, That's what I thought. He's the, is he the is. prince he's been, of broadcasting. I thought, this is fucking sensational. Yeah. He rocks up late and he can just go straight on air and do it, script or no script. <laughs> It'll be bang on the money. This is what, I, this is what I, I'm going to learn a million lessons here today from the top dog. They go, this is Sam. He's going to be the guy playing your sidekick. He's going to be your sidekick on the show. I'm like, hi, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, hi. All he's doing is basically... There's there's, there's, there's quite a lot of like pretty young ladies there, and he's let's just say he's much more <laughs> interesting talking to them than he is to me. He was, was he, he writing me, number one right? hits for them? Was he... Oh, my God. Hey, I've written a hit for you. It's called Manic he... Monday. Hang on, I know this song. <laughs> this is a really famous song by the Bangles. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. The, It's a different song. Is he permanently triggered? Uh, it's car. Yeah, so he was very triggery, and he was not interested in me. Fair enough, I didn't care. I mean, to be honest, I was there for the money, wasn't I? So I didn't need his friendship. But then the show started. It all kicked off. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Jerry Springer show. Woo! Jerry in Britain, or whatever it was called. He fucking came out, right? And I thought, right, eyes down for Falouse. Get ready for the master at work. He's come out. <laughs> he has not got a fucking clue what the fuck's going on, right? He's looking at the wrong camera. He's stumbling over his words. He's forgot what we're talking about, right? So all the sort of, I don't need hippies, don't need a script, he fucking did, right? And he didn't know what was going on. The whole thing was a car crash. But here's the, probably the funniest bit as far as you and the cunters are concerned, he referred to me throughout the recording of the show as Simon, and I did not correct him. Sidekick Simon. I didn't correct him once. Because we were, like, on air, yeah. so to speak, and I'm like, I'm not... It's too embarrassing if I stop and go... Because we've got this matey routine that we were trying to control. Oh, right. this is my mate Sam. It was supposed to be, this is my mate Sam, and he tells me... I have him here as my safety net to explain to me all these weird quirks and eccentricities about British safety culture. Safety, right? Simon. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, Jerry. <laughs> right? And he goes, ain't that right? It's my buddy, Simon. <laughs> now I've got a split second to think, do I stop the record and go, Jerry, it's Sam. And I'm thinking, oh, the producer will tell him. Now I remember, he hasn't got an earpiece. So do it. I look really pompous and self-important? If I go, stop, everyone, stop. <laughs> Jerry has got my name wrong. <laughs> And this will not stand. <laughs> My name, as all of you should know, is Sam Delaney, the noted <laughs> journalist. Okay? So what? Jerry, you've let yourself down. <laughs> yeah. You have let yourself down. Uh, this is unacceptable. <laughs> Start the record again or I'm leaving. <laughs> I could have done that, but I didn't. I just thought, fuck it, I'll just let him call me yeah. Simon. 
And he did for the rest of the half hour record. And that was it. And then, oh, the other, one of the other people on the panel was Carol McGiffin, one of oh, the yeah. loose women, former wife right, of yeah. Chris Evans, right? I didn't know she was a former wife of Chris Evans until she lured me into expressing opinions <laughs> on Chris Evans. And then half, and until halfway through giving them, she just laughed and went, you know, I used to be married to him, don't you? And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> on the way... We flew home together, me and McGiffin, back to London that evening after the show. Then we had to share a cab because we were both going back to West London. We get in the cab and there's some sort of fucking... I don't know what the hell's going on, but there was a big problem at Heathrow Airport and we were stuck getting out the NCP. So me and her are chatting. She's very talkative, as am I. We're getting on all right. And then there's a bit of a pause in the conversation. We've been stuck in this car park for 40 minutes. The driver's getting really stressed. And uh, she goes, oh, I'm just going to call. So she calls up one of the producers of the show, right? And I'm just sat next to her. And she's going, no, nah, no, nah, we're still in the car park. Yeah, we're stuck. I don't know what the problem is. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I won't be home for ages. No, I'm with that bloke, Sam Delaney. Yeah, he's all right, but he's got fucking boring now. We've run out of things to say to each other. I'm bored of him. You sat there like I was like, what the fucking hell? I sat there like a fucking lemon. It was only a small car. Our knees were practically touching. The amount of humiliation I went through that day, looking back, but did it, never mind. Did, I mean, did I got it, paid. Did it inspire you to raise thing. your game conversationally after that call she she had? <laughs> it did actually. Yeah. God. No. Now, now I go everywhere with. Um, I always go out before I leave the house. I take a yeah. small piece of paper and I write down three or four different subjects <laughs> that I think would be yeah. good conversation starters. Uh, yeah. The Cold War, that's usually one of them. Dick of Turpin, yeah. that's another one. Hot holes yeah. slash digging, <laughs> that's another one. And reasons, reason, uh, reasons why you can't roofs. be triggered. That's a good one. Yeah, and reasons why I can't be triggered. So if I was with Carol McGiffin again, stuck in an NCP car park at Heathrow for an hour, and there was a pause, I'd go, uh, Carol, interesting fact about me, in case you're wondering, our knees have touched a couple of times and... <laughs> You know, we're stuck in this car. It's quite intimate. But I want you to know, don't feel afraid that I will be triggered. Because interesting thing about me is I cannot be triggered. I no longer feel sexual feelings. So that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I don't... To be honest, Carol, I don't know whether it's psychological or physical. Oh, it's hard to uh, tell. I would say it's probably a, a combination all I know of the is, two. It's all I know is I'm completely and utterly numb around the genital area. So don't worry about anything. <laughs> don't try anything. So, guess you go, oh, right. So, Carol, are you, are you an easily <laughs> triggered person? You can't say that to me. Well, I've said it. So, you know, keep, if you can't keep up with the conversation, then, you know, up your game. Do what I do and carry a little conversation <laughs> card with you. Now, <clears throat> next subject. Do you remember Dick Turpin starring Richard O'Sullivan? Of course you do. My question is, what was your best episode? <laughs> <And> why? <laughs> but let's keep it to two minutes. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that was my experience yeah. of Granada. I'm glad I triggered now. you into telling me that. Jalapeño. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. About this playoff oh, final. Okay, no. Oh, and don't forget, on another episode, ask me about Angela yeah, and we'll Friends do. because that was I did that I did that for like Whoa, a year. I'll we'll do that at for least. the subscribers. Anyway, there was loads of good stories. Um the uh yeah, the playoff final, I was I was really gutted actually, mate. Whoa. I really wanted well, we didn't deserve, to win. We, we, we and didn't deserve I didn't know to win though. To... That's the thing. If it, Oh that that's like yeah, Derby if, today. If we played and been robbed or, you know, had given a good show and had just narrowly been beaten. I suppose we were narrowly beaten because Charlton weren't that good either. But, I mean, you know, they give us a goal head start. Yeah, and they scored They scored in, like, the 95th yeah. minute, which is a bit of but a But did you know our, our season started, yeah. first game of the season, first game of League One, because this was live on Sky before the 3pm kickoffs. And it was 12.30 kickoff, and we played Charlton at home and we beat them 2-1 and we scored the winner in the 95th minute. So it's just come full circle all the way back to that again. So there yeah. we are. That's football for you. Shit, yeah, that's weird. I remember you pred- You sort of predicted that, mate. You certainly predicted the I said the definitely circle. we'd have Charlton in the playoffs again in the final, but there we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah well, listen... You know, I know what you mean. When you lose and it's a fair and square defeat, it may, it does make it easier. I agree with that. Um, and but I was gutted. I did. I didn't text you because I thought, nah, he no, he doesn't need the sympathy of some like trumped up cockney twat <laughs> on a night like this. But having the, the key thing mm. I want to discuss is this lovely lady from Sunderland pulling down her nicks and doing nah, a shit. That's not true, Sam. Square. That didn't happen. Now. It's very fake, fake news. news. Well, it's this is what I'm bringing Because out. there's video footage of the incident, uh, which is basically, she's in the fountain, yes? She's in her underwear. And all she does yeah. is she just pulls down her knickers, mm. does a good old British moon, and then pulls the knickers up again and mm. carries on cavorting in the fountain. So no, you can be Absolutely sure there's no turd 100% comes out of There the is knickers. no shit dispensed into the fountain at any point. Well, in that case, what I'm glad to say is that she yeah. preserved her dignity because that's she did. the most she was, important if, thing. If anything, she was a heroine because it. it's the kind of thing you'll get men doing, cavorting around in the fountains, and she struck a blow for feminism. Uh, it was one for the ladies everywhere, and, you know, she just did a good old-fashioned British moon yeah. and then knickers back up. Never mind... Never mind all these male asses. Yeah. Have a look at this one. That is a Lord big old Nelson. ass as well. A lovely big old ass it was. So yeah, there was the, uh, big old seventies ass. It wasn't a um, it wasn't a Callum Mawson type incident. 
Uh, it was completely above board. Family uh, no, friendly. Because it, it, well, because you would have... I wonder if Mawson oh, was know. there. I don't know where he is. <laughs> I might drop him a line on Twitter. Um, I think maybe, maybe this could be a bit of... Because of Mawson, in a way, now, this is a thing that yeah. people... This is a brush yeah. that they're trying to tar all well, Sunderland fans with there's, there's, that's it. there's two things now that Sunderland's forever associated with one is shitting in public at football or football related events mm. second is mm. we invented Brexit yeah so you know we're stuck with it yeah it's true Callum Mawson's got a lot to answer for hasn't he <laughs> pioneer he really has pioneer in some senses he really has because you know it must be annoying for you that you know so many things that Sunderland Football Club should be yeah. known for but in fact, N- it's one, the overriding thing that people Morrison. think of is him yeah. doing a number two. Number one is <laughs> yeah, doing a number two. After having eaten two advent calendar chocolates the morning after a night yeah, on the piss. and then loads of fruit cider. What, um, well, there you go. Do you remember the, I don't know if you remember the, the, the song that, that West Brom fans used to sing at Trafalgar, well, about Trafalgar Square, no. uh, that Frank Skinner used to recount as part of his stand-up act in the 90s. <laughs> One of the reasons the 90s was good is that Frank Skinner's act, which was by far the most popular stand-up act in the country at the time, I went to see him live at least once, and he 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 didn't really do he didn't really have to do jokes. He could just tell amusing stories, yeah. and he one of the things he did was he talked about just a song that West Brom fans sung when they played London <laughs> clubs, which went, "I wish I was a Cockney, I do." I do, I wish I was a Cockney, I do, I do. I'd go down to Trafalgar Square and shout at Admiral Nelson, fuck off, fuck off, you one eye Cockney bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what Cockneys do? I like the idea. You one-eyed Cockney bastard. (laughs) They think, first of all, Nelson's a Cockney, which I suppose fair enough. He's there up on a big fucking tower. He's an adopted in, uh, Cockney, if anything. In Trafalgar Square. Yeah, and he's got one eye, and they hate him because of that, <laughs> because he's a Cockney. And so I sort of think that that's why the Sunderland fans are in Trafalgar Square as well. It's the perfect place to go yeah. and stick, stick, stick two fingers up at the Cockney Metropolitan yeah. Elite, is go to very much the centre point of it all, Trafalgar Square, and have the right Shit in the fountain. Shit in the fountain, swear at Admiral Nelson. I'll tell you what, before we go, I'm going to read out this ice cream email that we got from Terry Nash, who I thought was the the, uh, singer of I Can See Clearly Now The Rain Has Gone, but I think that was Johnny Nash, wasn't it? Or it might not even have been caught. This is his brother, Terry. This is his brother, Terry. His brother, Terry, (laughs) was was ice cream man. Yeah. Oh, my brother, he was a singer. (laughs) He was a singer right up himself. Me, I went into the ice cream game. Ice cream anecdotes is my game. Here we go. You love this one. So Terry Terry Nash writes to us and says, all the talk of the ice cream man reminded me of a time in the mid-90s. Again, your favourite era, Sam, the mid-90s. When my middle school became the centre of a turf war between two rival ice cream vans driven by Mr. Rossi and Mr. Monteverdi. 
Italian ice cream van. Oh. At the end of the school days, they would both wait outside the main gates to help relieve the kids of their cash. The prime real estate was a parking space directly facing the gates, with the other van having to park just behind it around a slight bend. We'd watch through classroom windows as both vans appeared over the horizon together, jockeying for position on the final straight. <laughs> so, sometimes oh, arriving excellent. at the front parking spot at the same time and attempting to force their way into the space while trying not to bump the paintwork on the vans to our delight the two men would constantly trade barbs as they served us slagging each other off and punctuating heavily accented Italian insults with wild gesticulations (laughs) (laughs) Ah, motherfucker all all, all the while bollocking any kids who had been seen at the rival van we says one day the verbal this and that turned ugly when Mr Rossi flipped and suddenly jumped out of his van and started a hammer on the side of Monteverdi's van until he came out and confronted Rossi the two heavy-set men began to repeatedly bump their considerable stomachs together as the kids gathered round. Oh, lovely. <laughs> as the kids gathered round, started chanting, fight, fight, fight. This went on for about a minute before Rossi returned to his van and pulled out a stick that looked like it had just been pulled off a tree. It might even have still had leaves attached. I get him my stick. I get him my stick. <laughs> He started to go after Monteverdi, swinging the stick around wildly. Monteverdi ran for it with Rossi in hot pursuit and a crowd of chanting kids close behind. (laughs) The chase ended in the playground with the men in a sort of bear hug, both trying to pull the other's shirt up over their head while several teachers tried to pull them apart. (laughs) Fucking hell. If I was a teacher, I wouldn't have got involved. I would have said, this isn't my responsibility. It's on the playground, though. It's... I'm not getting involved it's in on an the ice playground, cream turf. So that becomes their responsibility. This is oh, this I is a rival so, yeah. for Britain's best yeah. school. Up there with the, with the, the clown this on the roof. This is great. Uh, he says after that, both both vans were banned from the school area and had to park further away. But their war only ended with the sad passing of yeah. Mr. Monteverdi a few years later. Uh, Mr. Rossi is still going strong, and I still see him from time to time giving the two fingers at the Monteverdi van when they pass, which is now being driven around by his two sons. Hey! Oh, mate, that is brilliant. What, what brilliant? <laughs> I haven't heard of it. You know, we've we've talked a lot about amazingly entertaining things that punctuate your otherwise mundane yeah. school days, and and probably one of the best we had before this was the dog that got in my daughter's school and then bit the head of year on the hand. By the way, you know that head of year oh, is no oh, longer still at head the school, of year, but not head of year. He was removed mm. from that position for reasons that remain Ooh. unclear. And he'd only actually been in it since September. So he's still at the school, but he's gone back to being his right. previous role. And I am convinced that that dog who got in the school, that yeah. fucking renegade dog who was on the run for like two weeks and bit him on the hand, I just think he couldn't bounce back from the humiliation yeah. of that dog just having the piss I think, out of him. Um, so I that's think the update well with, on that. With modern teachers and especially heads of year and stuff like that, they're all on performance related you know, like fucking programs and plans and that. <laughs> and that'll have like knocked yeah. him right back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And he's probably struggled to just, you know, hit his targets. It's, prob- it's probably one of the key areas yeah. that you're assessed on by the, the Ofsted Street dog system. handling. All these KPIs, key, key performance indicators, Ooh. attendance, discipline. Exam results. Um, marks, exam results. Uh, stray dog <laughs> wrangling, right? Now, I can see you've done very well on uh, Mr. Such and Such on having your 
uh, your your students' uh, attendance and discipline are up. Uh, you've moved a lot of children up um, from C to B in your class. However, we cannot escape this ugliness, and I, I believe you know from the look in your face what <laughs> I'm about to bring up. This, well, I'm going to use the word, this undignified and humiliating experience with the dog that got into school. Now, this school prides itself on our ability to deal with stray dogs that may get onto the school premises. <laughs> and you let we, us down badly. We've, 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 badly. we've actually achieved a charter mark from the government, which we've had for over 35 years. That is now in jeopardy, <laughs> thanks to your handling of the incident. We are allowed to wear a gold star upon our school <laughs> badge, which was awarded to us by the Queen for our historical success in dealing with stray dogs on the school premises. And that now has been jeopardised. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I caught the dog, didn't I? I chased it and caught it. Yes, you did chase it and catch it, but you needn't have bothered because once you did catch it in front of the entire student body, you allowed it to bite you on the hand, wriggle free, and continue on its merry way. It It was at large for a further four days. We cannot have that in the community. <laughs> but there's that. And there was the story from that Wham book about Wham landing on a girls' yeah. school field yeah. in a helicopter. This, this has to be our uh, new but, category, but school dramas. School drama, ice cream war, right up there, up yeah. there with the stray dog and the thing. Now, before we go, I've got something Ooh. important to report. I've been on a wonderful bank right. holiday day trip, right, to a place called... Paintsfield Park. It was in. It's in Surrey. It's off the A3. I went there. I didn't know what right. to expect. Right. I told you earlier, didn't I? On the WhatsApp, I said I've got to go on a day trip, and I wasn't that. I didn't know what to expect. Anyway, I got there. It was amazing. Right. It's this huge sprawling fucking uh, national trust. What would you call it? A facility. Well, I don't know what they call it? A state <laughs> compound. It's in a state. That's it. I called it. Yeah. <laughs> compound that formerly formerly belonged to a, an 18th century uh, I don't even know if he was a, a aristocrat I think he was a chancer <laughs> right who borrowed a load of money and set himself up as right. an aristocrat right and his his name was Charles Hamilton anyway some amazing things there I won't bore you with the whole thing that'll be for our separate spin-off Top Flight Time Machine Days Out. National Good Trust. Days Out yeah. podcast that we're going to launch. Yeah. yeah, National Trust podcast where we we <laughs> go around and review every National Trust an, facility an, and compound an, in the an country. An official right? National Trust podcast. Listen to this, though. I'll tell you one amazing detail about this place. Fucking Charles Hamilton, he's gone this in amazing fucking p- compound that he's designed with all these gardens and different parts of it, all influenced by different parts of his travels around mm. Europe and there's a fucking hermitage right. there right tiny little fucking wooden shack in the most remote part right. of the compound and it's a hermitage and he advertised for <laughs> and employed right oh a that's incredible a fucking hermit he's put an ad out somewhere I don't know whether he gave it to the town yeah. crier or what he said I, I'm, I'm fucking for a hermit I, I need, need a something hermit. to liven things up a bit around and here and I said one of the helpers who told me about it and I don't know why he, he told we weren't at the hermitage we were at another part of it and he clocked me this bloke and I could tell 
he thought yeah. this guy will like this. He goes, you know, there's yeah. a hermitage <laughs> up the hill. Oh yeah, and I go, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah, <laughs> all right. I'm listening. You got my attention there, Skipper. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> Dad, yeah, Dad, you're like this. You're like this, Dad. Hey, listen up, right? Listen up. Prick, prick up your ears. There's hermitage up there, right? And I go, right, yeah. Noted. Tell me more. He's gone. Charles Hamilton advertised for a hermit and someone applied and he hired the yeah. hermit and I said, right, what were the hermit's responsibilities? Yeah. What was he getting paid for? And he went, just, just to be around. a hermit, to yeah. stay alone in this house, two-year contract, hang around up in the woods in your Whoa. little hermitage, right? Keep yourself yeah. to yourself. The good thing was, I've been in the hermitage now and it's got wonderful views, so... I've looked at it, I thought, I will be... I mean, I've got pictures of myself outside it that I took specifically for nice. you and the Cunters that I will put on Instagram, right? Now, I've looked at it, I've given it the once-over, I thought I could easily live here yeah. for two years. The views were sensational. It was a very simple little shack with one bed and a chair. Yeah, of course. That's all you need, right? Anyway, he was supposed to stay there for two years, just hermiting about. Within two <laughs> weeks, right... He was found pissed in the local pub, right, by some, by some of fucking Charles Hamilton's other like staff, right, and he was sacked immediately for being pissed up. He was sacked from being a hermit. Oh, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. What I am, you can't, you cannot. Fire me from no, no, my no, no. position. I know Job my description. Rights. Look, right. read this. You signed up for this. <laughs> Solid hermit for two years. All right. Fine. Fine. All right. Maybe I shouldn't have gone out <laughs> quite as far. But, but, right? Two weeks I've been up there, bored out of my fucking mind, right? Yes. I have walked down from the hill, climbed over the wall of the compound, right? Got into town, I'd had three or four drinks, five maximum, right? Five fucking drinks. And I can tell you, when you found me, right, when you found me, I was literally about to go back up there to the hermitage, right? That was it. I'd drawn the ask anyone. I'd said, I was was going back. The luck, it's typical of my luck, that you walked in just as I were about to walk out. You would have never known. You would have never known. But six drinks was, maximum I, I is was, what I, I had. Was had. And I was, to, I was taking I was a take-out. I was going to resume the hermiting for the rest of the two years. I was. I had, I had my head straight. I just needed to get my head straight. And I had it. I was ready. <laughs> that was it, me, Tom. I didn't I didn't even like the booze. I thought it was shit, right? So for start, starters, get from the get-go, I was like, right, I've tried it now. I don't like it. I was better Got off up at the hermitage, right? I am never... I was never going back there. That was it. You can't just sat me one slip-up. That's all I've made. One slip-up in two weeks. You fucking try sitting up there for two weeks and not nipping out for a couple nightmare. of jars. It's just me on my own. Is I'm t- I mean, I know when, when I signed up, you know, he said, the gaffer... You know, what's his name? Charlie Boy. He's gone. And 
<laughs> by the way, you got to fucking ask yourself what his agenda is, right? <laughs> Why would he want me four? up there? <laughs> Dirty bastard. Why does he want a hermit? <laughs> right? Sounds fucking it's weird. Sounds fucking trigger-related to me. I mean, I said to him at the time, will you come and see me? He said, no. I just And I said, well, what difference it makes? He goes, I just like to know you're there. I like to know you're there. You fucking pervert. And I go, but if you don't see me, if you don't see me, you won't know I'm there. And he just gives me a wink and goes, I'll fucking know, sunshine. <laughs> right? I didn't know what he meant by that. So I let that slide, didn't I? But I thought, well, all right, fine. And I thought I could do it too, yeah. You know, yeah, lovely views, wildlife. But <laughs> I'm fucking telling you, there's bird. I mean, you know, there's a squirrel that comes around once in a while, like. But to be honest, he keeps himself to himself. He's not much of a conversationalist, right? And me, me, what I've realised about myself this last fortnight is I'm a people person, right? I love. Com- I'm a conversationalist. I like t- exchanging ideas and talking. You can't, there's only so much you can talk to a fucking tree. So I've come down here, fine. Come down here, a couple of jars. I thought, I'll have a look around, sniff about, see what the local action is, see what's going on. Right? I've seen it. Just trying fine, to get, done. Just trying to get me bearings, that's, that's all. Me. <laughs> you won't. You will not see me outside that hermitage again. I can promise you that. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. This is a a breach of the terms of your contract. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, fucking blah. Jobs worth. Fuck this, I'm off down the pub. Ah, fuck it. Listen, I'll get plenty. Listen, fair enough. All right, you're going to sack me. Will you still give me a reference? Will you see if old Charlie boy, (laughs) right, up there in his fucking palace, will still give me a reference because... There are a few other hermiting jobs going at other compounds around the country that I would like to apply for. And it's going to be a real hindrance to me if he won't give me a reference. I think that's the fucking least he can do after I've given him two weeks of my fucking life. Bored shit. I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, this story, this guy, the, the guy who told me it was a... A man in a cave. Not joking. I was in right. a cave, and this man came out. He was one of the helpers, and he said, "Hey, you know, it was a bit like you're like this, sunshine. <laughs> Have a listen to this." So he's told me in this cave. So I've left the cave, and I've marched everyone immediately up to, to the hermitage. Come on, go out the hermitage. Right, we've gone up the hermitage. We found it. By the way, I managed. To, it was slightly elevated on wooden stilts. Mm. Me and the boy have managed to climb underneath the hermitage yeah. to investigate under there. Yeah. All I found was an old Coke can. There was no porn, <laughs> but it, that was a good laugh. And um, then, I, obviously, because I'm a journalist, I want everything cross-referenced. So I've gone back to the main gift shop, yeah. dug, got a couple of yeah. leaflets, and sure enough, Asked it's all documented. Yeah. The story of the hermit going pissed. It's all Brilliant. on there. And so anyone in, in the Surrey area, it's on the A3 corridor, you just turn off left, get yourself up to the uh, Painsfield Park, and Have it's a look sensational. About the hermit, fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've got yeah. some news of that news before we go. Very quickly, right? Woman who married ghost of three hundred year old pirate reveals he tried to kill her when she broke up with him. <laughs> Ten monkey we any monkey story. wheezing window of dad who laughed at his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, 
<laughs> the dad yeah. laughed at the mug again. Bit of a small right. cock you got right, there, you in it, mate. I'm gonna piss in the window. <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs> <laughs> How'd you like it now? <laughs> mate, you've seen it in action. What do you reckon now then? <laughs> Might be small, still bloody works though, doesn't it? <laughs> Clean that up, you cunt. Um and finally <laughs> TTFN <laughs> and finally man allegedly hiding drugs in anus accidentally shoots himself in testicles yeah I saw this story 10 I'm hey! a really big fan a of this yeah. That's three, 30 out of 30 three 10s what one an episode ghosts and pirates in it yeah it's a yeah. classic episode what an episode and if you'd like to apply to become the official top flight time machine hermit get in touch mm. with us on twitter and <laughs> sell yourself to us basically yeah what qualifies you? And why do you think you'll be able to stick it out for two solid years? Just tell us that <laughs> in 500 words or less. Nice one. All right, that's it. Thanks, Sam. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Andy. All the Bye, best. Everyone. Ta-da, everyone. TTFN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.